Hey everyone, I'm Lexi. And I'm Zeke. And this is In It For The Long Haul. Thanks for joining us again. We apologize for last week's audio hiccup, but we are ready to jump back into things with our high quality setup. This was a great episode where we got to see the guys' personalities really come out for the first time um, in a larger way with these group dates and the one-on-one date. So we are excited to see what you all think and to kind of go through our thoughts of the night. Yeah, great dates, great drama. Overall, great episode. Let's just jump right into it. Um, My first note on this is that the guys have great energy. You know, they're all together. They've survived their first rose ceremony. They've made it to week two. And, you know, they're doing all their kind of typical stuff, doing their toasts together, broing it up. But they just seem to really get along. I don't know. This just seems compared to other groups of guys. They just seem really excited, which why wouldn't they be? Michelle's the bachelorette. Exactly. I think that they will have a strong community after the show too. Yeah. Well, so the they were in their group talking about um, the first one-on-one date and who might get that and, uh, you know, who who they didn't really know who it would be. But Nate really seemed to think that it would go to him. He was just kind of pointing at himself, being pretty confident about that. But as we'll see, he didn't end up getting it. So they bring out that first group date card and to read out the names and uh didn't catch them all but we've got romeo peter will olamide rick casey lt and maybe a couple others that we missed um and they are going to their first date and you know it's in a classroom school's in session uh michelle is of course the teacher and they've got three uh student-aged children potentially actors Definitely Um, actors. There's no way those are her students. They are actual uh, archetypes of the cast of Are You Smarter Than a Fifth Grader? We revived Jeff Foxworthy from the TV Dead. Um, Not that he's dead, but (laughs) show is. And um, he told us who to pick as the smartest fifth graders in America to test these men. Yeah, so they they walk into this. They don't know what their first date's going to be, and they find out that they're going to be on an episode of Are You Smarter Than a Fifth Grader? Uh, So first up for that is some math. Um, You know, math is kind of hard when they're throwing out questions to you, like 2021 versus 18 uh, to do under pressure. That could be tough, and uh, you probably have to employ some you know, most people probably can't do that in their head. I could, I think I could do that in my head if you gave me like a minute or two. Um, but you know, that's hard to keep track of those numbers. And so, uh, we learn, we learn in this portion of the date that Romeo, our, our Harvard grad got his degree in mathematics. So he obviously had a clear advantage in this portion. What else did you have on this one? I just think that the guy's were overall pretty impressive. Uh, it seems like most of them had the right answer. But if they didn't, those fifth graders did not hold back. They really didn't. Um, the One of the questions, they did some standard math questions. Let's see, they did the multiplication. They asked what happens if you, what kind of number do you get if you multiply two negative numbers? Uh, not everyone got that. I think LT missed that one. I think Someone said zero. Oh, yeah, I saw that. Which is just really disappointing. (laughs) We need education reform, everyone. (laughs) 
but uh and then there's also then a cuter question which was you know how many times per day should you tell michelle how beautiful she is and i think all of them with one exception wrote the infinity symbol romeo tried to calculate the number of seconds in a day and i think it was that was fine but and it was unique too so that was probably good I hope you would have gotten that question right for me. Oh, for sure. The infinity infinity is the correct answer for that one. Um, so then they, they pivot from math. They go to their chemistry lab. They've got these giant um, beakers um, and some ingredients. And, you know, the goal here was to follow the chemistry experiment instructions. And uh, it was like, a, I don't know if you've heard of like the elephant toothpaste where you mix some stuff and it like explodes. This was more, this was certainly more than baking soda and vinegar uh this was a more violent uh reaction than that which was fun and it seemed like they were all all getting getting it except for uh one person and then this kind of kicked off one of the main bits of drama in the first part of the episode and that was peter who knows um what happened with his but i think the implication is he didn't follow the instructions very well i guess what they say about baking being a scientific process um is just not true for this pizzapreneur he may be able to lock it down in the kitchen but he can't in the classroom um and i'm questioning even if he's a good pizzapreneur i mean like we said on night one he couldn't even toss that pizza in his intro so anyway we've got some questions about his real skill level in the kitchen but certainly we know it, it its extent in the classroom I was really waiting for Bill Nye the Science Guy to pop out and give these guys the what for. Oh, no, he's too expensive for Bachelorette. Maybe Bachelor, but not for Bachelorette. Not in the budget. And then next up was musical chairs. You know, nice friendly game. They got their little desk chairs from the classroom all in a circle. And uh, it seemed like a pretty friendly game. Um, But then again, uh, Peter was taking it very seriously. He ended up getting second place and it was you know, doing the shenanigans at the end with the final two. And yeah, people then were starting to, we were starting to get comments about Peter and just him being a lot and aggressive and intense. And yeah, guys aren't, guys aren't liking Peter very much. Can I just say, thank goodness Clayton wasn't on this group date because he would have demolished everyone in musical chairs and literally suffocated people with this huge build. So I think that that was strategic on the part of the producers. But yeah, certainly Peter is um, definitely a self-promoter. He's an entrepreneur, so that kind of comes with the territory. But I think that he was pretty confident and that confidence was a bit unfounded. So I don't think the guys are out of the park with saying that um, he is being a little bit overconfident. And then next up, and and finally, we had a classic spelling challenge. I think they did this on on Tasha or Clayton's <laughs> Tasha or Clayton, uh, Tasha or Claire's season, uh, and you know got the guys in and sh- had them tried to make them spell difficult words. Um, they even pulled out one of the same ones, limousine this time that that's a tough one I I actually failed to spell it correctly my first try in the notes um but then yeah then they had a special word that they had to spell that ensued some some a good moment whenever the students asked the guys to spell narcissist Will 
wrote Peter, which was so savage. I could predict it. I was saying it in my head. And I'm glad that he had the guts to actually do it. That was funny. But of course, um, he definitely fired the first shot with that one. Oh, for sure. But and then there was a comment, you know, they, they cut to the interview of Peter or of Will and, you know, he was describing Peter's reaction and I think fuming is probably the right word, but he I think the quote was, you know, he was looking red as a tomato sauce, which is a good jab at at his pizza. Uh, thing and it seems like based on some comments that were made later on that uh, Peter must have been not too shy about the pizza part of his life and was talking a lot about it the man loves pizza well you've got to if you're a pizzapreneur all right then we get to the nighttime portion of the date and uh, Brandon gets the first time uh, I think that they seem to have good chemistry Um, I think he you know misspelled some words and um you know, they kind of joked around about that. And, um, yeah, I think that, you know, she can, and she confronted him about it right away. You know, she said, I, we need to talk about something. Um, and he was just like, yeah, I can't spell. Uh, but you know, he, um, I think he kind of made up for that. He was pretty charming and she even admitted it. She said, he's not a good speller, but they're definitely sparks. And he got, he got a kiss there. And, um, then we got some more drama after that. I was really waiting for that, and I think everybody was. When are Peter and Will going to confront each other after this um, exchange of tension in the Are You Smarter Than a Fifth Grader competition? And so Peter takes initiative to pull Will aside, and really it just evolves very quickly into a shouting match. It was difficult to hear what each of them was saying because they were talking at the same time. But you could definitely hear that they were saying things in general and were unhappy at each other. Um, And even Michelle over talking to Olamide, you could hear the arguing going on. And it was just so awkward. I'm so surprised that they were able to actually continue keeping straight faces and focusing on each other and having a conversation. Um, Maybe that that was that was just the editing and they're the argument wasn't actually so loud but it's clear something's going on and Michelle just never broke eye contact with him the whole time it was pretty impressive yeah oh I think it definitely I think they probably boosted the the audio of that and because it was very distracting for the viewer but it's also just kind of hilarious and then they didn't even address it which is just kind of crazy that they I don't know I mean I think that's kind of good that she uh, a good characteristic for a lead is to not get distracted by whatever else is going on and focusing on um the guy but man not even even kind of a glance over kind of what's going on I think that so I I mean but she clearly heard it because um she she did kind of talk about it later um but we are cutting back to the house uh guys that aren't on this date and they bring out the one-on-one card uh the one-on-one date card and it goes to Jamie um he right away instead of you know the typical oh wow like it's me I can't believe it you know kind of that humility uh that guys usually try to express about it he immediately just jumps into oh yeah I gotta find out if she's right for me uh he had this hilarious line about um how he has a crazy life how he goes to third world countries uh with a day's notice all by myself and you're like dude uh congrats on your jet setting life 
hilarious. Yeah, I was definitely put off by his comments, and I think the other guys were too. I mean, obviously, it's a two-way street, and just because you elect to come onto the show and you think you're excited about who The Bachelorette is, it doesn't mean that she's the right fit for you. And so I think it is very important for the guys to be looking for that in their dates. But the way that you say that and the way that you attach that to a one-on-one and kind of see it as the only priority and you're not thinking about um, Michelle's role in the process and what she's looking for from him, it just all seems very self-centric yeah so we'll definitely have to see moving forward uh what jamie is truly like um it seems like maybe a bit of an omen for what's to come um but so we're back at the date now and rick's getting his time and you know he's pulling out a mad lib um and which i thought was pretty clever pretty cute um but there was something off about it that uh, i don't know if you noticed uh, it wasn't a true Mad Lib execution, um, because if you remember from doing Mad Libs as a kid, you um, the way that it works is you actually, you, you don't look at it together. You just give the other person, you say, okay, give me an adjective, okay, give me a color, give me a noun, give me a verb, and they don't know what the subject is, they don't know the topic, so they're just given random words, and like the humor of it is the randomness of how ridiculous it is. And so, I mean, it was still cute. It wasn't a true Mad Lib, um, but you know, he, they, it was talking about their date or their life together, something like that. It was very romantic, um, and they filled in the words together. He let her kind of pick what words she wanted to put in there, and it was cute. And then at the end, there was a spot for uh, her to pick the word kiss, and she did. And they had a nice kiss. And I think, surprisingly, he's kind of weird. I, I don't know. It's just kind of his mannerisms. But, um, you know, who isn't weird? Um, but, yeah, no, he, I think that there's a lot of chemistry there. And, um, yeah, I don't know. I, I think that he he could go deep. Well, now that Mad Libs have been brought back as a tool of romance, I think that somebody should do a mash game with Michelle that would be so fun and romantic and hilarious and um well, and just would, nostalgic yeah and it would fit the theme of her being a teacher because it's the type yes. of thing you do when you're like in middle school or yes. elementary school and it's more inherently romantic or flirty oh, sure. than a mad lib sure. but I thought the mad lib move was fun and definitely fits Rick's personality uh, and then preceding Peter's time with Michelle, of course, we've got some more uh, conversation about him to the cameras. And so um, this was one of the funniest lines I've ever heard on the show. Um, Casey is chatting with the cameras about what the producers, what he thinks about Peter. And he basically just sums it up in the line. I think Peter is an insecurity supernova which is a burn of cosmic proportions. (laughs) Where does he even come up with that? I love it. I feel like I always hear supernova in a positive context about how brightly people shine, but I guess his insecurity shines through any other aspect of him. So I love it. Rock on. What a meteor shower raining down on this group date. Yeah, but then you get... Peter gets some time to talk to Michelle and it's just kind of overshadowed by um, that time. Nothing really positive came out out of it because um, 
well, maybe a little, but, you know, she immediately brings up that she heard him and Will shouting at each other and um, just kind of wondering what it was about. And um, she's expressing concern about how he reacts to uh, situations. She tells him that I'm bound to, I'm bound to piss you off at some point during this process. And I need to make sure that you're going to be able to take it without reacting this way that you're not, you know, that you don't have a hair trigger. So, uh, yeah, I, obviously Peter is bad news. Um, he's not gonna, he's not a contender at this point. And, um, unless we get totally shocked, unless he has a total change of character, but yeah, not super great for Peter there. I think that this is an important move on Michelle's part, though. She approaches the situation in a really mature way by bringing it back to potential reality and not just her potentially making him mad in this process, but in their life together if they were to end up together. And that she wouldn't want a man who resorts to yelling or is just so easily defensive. And I think that that is just really refreshing and unique among contestants when they confront drama like this. A lot of times they are upset by how they reacted uh, because it wasn't respectful or they don't want other contestants in the house to feel uncomfortable. But not too often do they bring it back to themselves and like how that affects or could affect their future relationship dynamics. And so I can just tell that this is another example of Michelle taking this process really seriously and reading into everything in a productive way, not an overly analytical way, but just mature and uh, rational. Yeah, I thought she handled that whole situation pretty well. You summed it up pretty great. Um, so now Michelle comes back to all the men and who did you think this group date Rose would go to? Did you have an idea? I thought maybe Rick because it Mm -hmm. seemed like they had a fun and unique moment together with the Mad Lib and also I'm biased against Brandon because I just think that his swagger dominates other aspects of his personality. I just don't know who he really is. Oh yeah, he is certainly smooth, but yes, as you just alluded to, Brandon does receive the group date rose you know i think that he's i think that he's better than i than i expected i think that he and michelle have a better connection than i expected them to have but um we will have to see if um if he can play ball and um yeah i don't know i don't see him as like a top contender but i think that he'll he'll do decently well this season um and then cut to peter hilariously thinking that the rose was stolen from him i don't know what he thought that happened on that group date but it certainly wasn't him having great romantic conversations with michelle um maybe he was still banking on getting the really romantic looking room with the cannolis from night one um but no i I think peter's a little bit delusional there so then after the break um it's now time for the one-on-one jamie is getting ready and jamie says he makes a claim that he has no intention of sticking around if they don't have a genuine connection um i don't know that have we ever seen i I don't think we've ever seen this before in the show i mean sometimes you get to a point but not early not usually early in the show unless he is totally genuine and just wants to try to meet michelle but as we've seen and as there's a consistent history of contestants go on the show 
in part to find love maybe but it helps them launch a you know maybe their career or for someone of Jamie's age he's in his 30s maybe he wants to branch out in his career and start being more of an influencer and so hard to believe that he would actually leave if they didn't have a connection but um I don't know I mean it's a good I think it's the right thing to say I think but we'll just have to see uh, if he stays true to that yeah I've never seen anyone send themselves home on a one-on-one that would be pretty unique all right, and then the date is that they're going to Joshua Joshua Tree National Park, and they're going to have a picnic at the top of these rocks, and they have to climb the rocks. Uh, this looks suspiciously like the same location that Sean Lowe had uh, for a date, a rock climbing date on his season. Obviously, you know, I watched this season like a year ago, so it's fresh in my mind. Yeah, it, it seems like uh, I don't know if I could actually do this. Um, it seemed like a pretty significant physical challenge. Maybe maybe I could, but I'm not much of a rock climber. But they got to the top. He was pretty good with helping lead and support her um, from behind. She, she led the way, but he was really good with helping her spot the footholds and handholds. And um, she definitely appreciated that um, and told him that... Uh, you know, usually I'm the one doing the coaching, but you did a really good job at coaching uh, there, and I really liked that. So, um, but not a lot of conversation during the daytime portion. Uh, did you have anything to add? No, I thought that their personalities and connection shine more in the nighttime portion, and they talked a lot about the rock climbing and kind of parsed out the significance of it more. Um, which of course you can't really do when you are clinging to the rock for your life. And so, you know, they saw it as an adventure, but you don't need to climb a huge rock to have an adventure together. Your life on a day-to-day basis can be an adventure with the everyday things like going to the grocery store, things like that. Um, And so they start to really imagine their lives together and making those mundane tasks seem like an adventure, which is the secret to marriage, my friends. Truly. Uh, Nighttime portion of the date, uh, they're, of course, having their fake dinner where they don't eat and at least where we don't see them eat. And uh, Michelle kind of leads off with talking about her family and how much she loves her parents and loves the marriage and connection that they have. Um, but she acknowledges that you don't have to come from that to, um, be able to have it for yourself. And so that then leads into Jamie talking about his growing up and family and how, uh, it wasn't quite as perfect sounding as Michelle's was. Um, you know, his mom got pregnant with him when she was 18 and, uh, his parents never got married. He was doing great in school. Um, but then his mom had some mental health issues spring up. Uh, and things started to spiral, you know, car repossession, they moved in with their grandma, or with his grandma, and um, then it kind of came to a bit of a peak when uh, his mom tried to commit suicide when he was 12 or 13, which obviously that's already a difficult enough time in life for people, and then to have your mom struggling with such crazy stuff um, just has to be so difficult. Um, he ended up having to, like, stay home from school to to be with his mom um, to, because she couldn't be left alone, um, because of the suicide attempts. And when he was in school, he wasn't able to focus because he was worried, uh, maybe today is the day that my mom succeeds in, in taking her life. Um, 
And then unfortunately, uh, she ended up taking her life when he was 24 and that kind of, um, he said it wrecked his life a little bit. He had to kind of learn how to live again. And so, um, I, man, this was heavy. Michelle was, um, definitely crying a little bit, um, hearing all of it. And one of maybe the most tragic, um, kind of backstories we've seen from a contestant. Um, do you have anything on this? Yeah, I was really touched by this and I just can't believe that he had such a big responsibility and felt that burden at such a young age. Um, and it's just devastating what his mom went through and how that affected him and what he experienced. And I really think that it makes his current position and accomplishments that much more impressive. He's at an incredible stage in life and he's overcome so much. And so, I mean, it's a lot to be proud of. And I think that he should be proud of where he's at and can certainly brag a bit about um, where he is and what he's doing. And maybe that's what we kind of saw earlier with talking about his really impressive life. Um, Obviously, you still need some balance there. But I do think that this backstory really shed some light into who Jamie is and all the things that he does care about and what he's capable of and how he feels. And so I just see him now as so much more than just his current title or his really extravagant life. And that means so much more to me. So I'm glad that he got the rose. um, And it seems like he was glad to get it. And that he at least sees some potential on his end in Michelle enough to stay around and not send himself home. And so they go into a sweet little romantic moment with a semi-professional singer um, giving them oh, a that's private kind of, That's kind of rude. Concert <laughs> as a professional do. singer, just maybe not famous. Right. That's <laughs> what I meant. That's fair. And uh, it just seems like they have a really romantic moment and they're enjoying their time together. So we'll see how this goes. Yeah. One more note uh, about the uh, kind of how Michelle handled hearing his story. Um, I think often what we see is uh, I think participants in the show uh, feel like, you know, you have to meet something hard and tragic with your own kind of like, I know how that feels. Um, But I, she didn't do that. And I think that she handled it really well without having a, oh yeah, me too, here's my tragic story. Uh, But I think that she handled it really well and sympathetically, um, even, you know, while recognizing that she did have a a much more, or like a less tumultuous um, back, you know, early life. Um, I thought she handled that pretty well, and I appreciated that from her. Um, After the break, uh, we didn't get a, a date card for this next date, Um, All we get is Joe is FaceTiming with his mom and he learns that one of his basketball coach, an old basketball coach of his had died. Um, And he was definitely broken up about it. Definitely um, someone who was, had a big impact on his life. And so uh, as we learn in a little bit, the date upcoming was a basketball date. And so that must've been kind of tough for him to learn that news uh, and then go play basketball. So they get all, of course, dressed up for their date. They go into the the court. Michelle is sinking some shots and they uh, come in and she talks about how 
the man I marry doesn't have to be an NBA player, but so I think the clear implication here is, I mean, there's no way that she ends up picking a guy who just can't play at all, right? I mean, she's not going to end up with someone who's not athletic. It means too much to her. It really does. You can tell. Yeah. And I mean, playing playing sports at a high level, I mean, she played in college. Um, it's definitely a unique experience. It's hard for regular old people like us who maxed out in um, high school or like college club sports um, can relate to. It's definitely added a level of pressure and sometimes adversity if you had to battle through injuries. I mean, there's just a lot of stuff there um, that it would be hard. And then it's something, yeah, she values so much. It would be really hard for her to uh, deal with being with a guy who doesn't have a jump shot. And so, you know, that's probably factors into some of the guys that went home at the end of this episode, I would think. But then, um, of course, as these sports dates always go, you get someone, uh, you got to get someone involved who is a professional. And so there are two WNBA players. Um, I don't follow the WNBA. I hadn't heard of them. Um, but they come and run some some legit drills. They're doing a layup line, and you can tell a lot usually from a layup line. You've got Malik, who is really flashy, really smooth with his layup. Nate, um, at 6'8", I expected him to dunk because if you're 6'8", you ought to be able to dunk. Uh, but he misses the layup, which does not bode well for Nate, uh, for Joe. Um, then they kind of split off into some one-on-one time. Uh, Joe and Nate are, are going against each other, and, and Joe just takes it straight to the hoop. Um, so then we learn some interesting tidbits that Joe was Mr. Basketball in Minnesota in 2011. And what do you know? Also in 2011, Michelle was the runner up for Mrs. Basketball in Minnesota. So, uh, this is an undeniable potential point of connection in the past. Um, you know, it's possible that they had met or were aware of each other. I would think that certainly they were aware of each other. I mean, if you're big into the high school sports scene, you're going to know who the best player is, even if it's the opposite sex. So um, that's just kind of an interesting tidbit that we learned. Um, but then we go straight into a five-on-five game, classic basketball. And of course, as with all the competition dates go, the loser, the losing team is going to go back to the house, not get to participate in the nighttime portion of the date. Um, and so, yeah, most of these guys can play a little bit. Um, you know, even Nate at 6'8", he's tall, he's big, he can uh, block some shots and maybe just be a disruptive down by the basket. But, um, you know, the one that, that stuck out really clearly, the announcer poked some fun, was poor Pardeep, doesn't have a jump shot, Uh missed completely on the one shot that we saw him take and so that didn't bode well for him but the game it um is pretty lopsided to start uh joe's team surprisingly is falls pretty behind they're down by like 15 points with not a lot of time to go and joe realizes that he needs to step it up so uh, i don't think he he doesn't really talk much about how good he is how he was you know the top high school basketball player in minnesota um, and so he really turns it on, starts making some shots and, uh, almost comes all the way back, but they don't quite. And, um, so his team is going to be going home and not, or not home, home, but they're going to be, uh, finished with the date and not getting any more time with Michelle, except they bring out an MVP 
award and it of course goes to joe so he gets to go uh, and join the winning team at the nighttime portion with michelle uh do you have anything to say about this basketball date I mean, obviously, Joe is a really talented basketball player, and he helped bring his team back from such a big disadvantage, but, or deficit, but I am just wondering how much Michelle whispered in the ears of the WNBA players to make Joe the MVP so that he could come to the nighttime portion of the date. Uh, I just think she really has her eye on him. So Joe gets to go to the nighttime portion and he's actually the first person that we see with her at that date or that part of the date. And he starts talking about the news he received earlier about his basketball coach who passed away. And Michelle really understands the depth of the relationship that you can have with your coach and how much he must have met, meant to Joe. So I think that that is the first moment that we see them develop that emotional intimacy. And of course, it's still related to basketball. But we do see a deeper layer there. Um, of course, we had a deep conversation between the two of them about why he stopped talking to Michelle when they were DMing. But again, that was more related to the logistics of like, hey, have we communicated before and what was the nature of it? And less so than like an emotional thing that they decided to talk about on their own volition. And so we're seeing some depth from Joe and um, the chemistry that they're developing is pretty undeniable on both ends. They have to get back to basketball, though, because it's been more than 20 minutes. So, you know, you can't go more than 20 minutes without basketball. They play some horse um, after they kiss and Michelle wins. And um, by this time, they've spent a lot of time together and the other guys are starting to get a bit worried. Except, of course, our Adonis of a man, Nate, who is not worried by anything he's he has the first impression rose which I'm sure he'll tout all season and he is just beaming with confidence nothing can bring him down for sure um we really didn't get hardly anything after that long Joe segment we didn't really get much else from any of the other guys uh during this nighttime portion I think they just did kind of a quick montage of uh, of her talking to each of them uh, Nate got some more makeout time in kind of a dark corner, and that that looked good for him. But of course, this group date rose went to Joe. Uh, he acknowledges his unworthiness to even be on this portion of the date since his team lost. Um, and I think that he's a really humble guy. I mean, the fact that he, uh, you know, didn't talk a big game about who he was in in the basketball world, and I mean, he's a Division One level basketball player, and uh, just kind of went about his business on the court when he needed to. And obviously it wasn't enough to overcome a huge deficit. But yeah, he, he seems like he's a solid dude. Um, and uh, it's just undeniable, the chemistry and how much he and Michelle have in common. Um, Martin, I think uh, both referring to the basketball game and uh, referring to the date uh, refers to Joe as a silent assassin. So maybe that's an indication of maybe some feeling uh of threat um but after the commercial break it's time for the cocktail party 
I love that Michelle takes the initiative to set up a special date with Rodney all about testing his knowledge of apples. She was really upset that he thought that he had dressed as a Granny Smith apple when he came in in a red apple costume. So Michelle takes these apples seriously. She's a true teacher. And I just think that it's hilarious that he's tasting these apples and again, gets the types mixed up. He doesn't know what are traditionally red flavors <laughs> and what are green flavors. He even thinks that the Grady Smith apple is like some kind of red apple. So he just, he really is convinced. Maybe he's colorblind. Poor guy. I don't know. Um, but does that extend to your taste buds? Oh, certainly not. <laughs> but maybe he's just not as much of an apple fanatic. I don't know where this apple fanaticism is coming from Michelle. Uh, maybe we'll get more. She's on, a teacher. On that. She but that loves doesn't the make apples. you an expert on apples unless your students are actually bringing you apples. And I feel like that's kind of just a stereotype <laughs> of foregone days. But yeah, and then also on the on the board of apples, there's a piece of pizza, and he says, "What is this? A lasagna?" <laughs> Um, and so I think that my prediction is coming true. I think Rodney is a big goofball. I can't tell yet if he's a contender at all, but certainly a big goofball going to be liked by the house. Um, and you know, even despite his lack of apple knowledge, she still gets the kiss. She goes in for the classic blindfolded. Oh, I've got one last one for you and swoops in for the kiss classic move. But then we go back to the men and there's a group of four of them who are kind of gathered around and they're talking about this undeniable connection that Joe and Michelle have and wondering if maybe they had known each other before the show. And, you know, it's a mixed bag. Jamie is very concerned about this. Malik, who he was talking to, is not very concerned about this. Um, And, I mean, you got to think that it it is kind of concerning, you know. You got this guy who, uh, which I guess... Jamie wasn't there to see it and Malik was so I don't know who can really play you know clearly the best ball player in the house really handsome charming there's great chemistry between them if they had had a connection before the show you got to think that that uh, could give him a leg up especially you see even though it didn't go this way on the season um, you had the Kelly and Peter uh, interaction before the show where they had kind of met in a hotel and they, they end up dating after the show for a decent amount, obviously not anymore. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think that there is valid concern and it is kind of, you know, that's not how the show is supposed to go. It's supposed to be you're meeting all these strangers. And But um, what we get then is Jamie is chatting then with just Martin and suddenly remembers that a friend of his told him a story about seeing Michelle at a bar and being with uh, a tall, light-skinned baller. Uh, was the the phrase used to describe this guy that Michelle was out with. We don't know what the nature of that was, but uh, that's the story. And uh, the allegation is that she was already booed up very shortly before the show, after it was announced that she was Bachelorette, which would be a big no-no from the Bachelorette to be with someone. But of course, you never know if you just see two people out, if they're actually dating or what the status is. But Um, You may be able to infer it based on how they're acting with each other. What do you think? I think that there are some questions I have about the information. Were they at the bar and his friends saw them? How how do they know that they're together? Um, 
I just have more questions about it. I don't think that Jamie was super clear in expressing what he saw. And it's also strange that he didn't bring it up until he was one-on-one with Martin. And maybe that's because he was trying to suss out the opinions of the other guys before he got too deep with his information. But I don't know. He decides to bring it to Michelle anyway and tells that exact story about what his friend said. And she doesn't really directly address it in the moment. She says she needs a minute and that she's blindsided by the information. And I think that that can be concerning that she's not able to just directly dismiss it if it was completely untrue. But I also think that it might just be truly shocking to her because we do know that she talked to Joe on Instagram. Uh, We already know that. But maybe they didn't meet in person like she, you know, currently says they didn't, that they only DM'd. And so the fact that someone's bringing a story to her about thinking that they had been out together and met in real life or that she was with some other person who shares some similar characteristics to Joe is really concerning to her because that's a snowball of this story that really all it is is this DM exchange, which at this point she hasn't really admitted to the men um, either. So I, I don't know. I don't think it necessarily means she was physically with Joe or another guy. I think that she might just be truly shocked that it's it's risen to this level. Yeah, that that could be the case. Um, part part of this is the classic. Um, as Jamie is telling the story, it's of course you know oh, everyone in the house is talking about this. Um, I'm not. I don't remember if he actually denied that it was something that he was involved with talking about. But basically, it was the implication that like oh, this is all the buzz in the house. Everyone's talking about it. Um, which, I mean, if he has a rose already, that's important. So I think that strategically that could be a good move. But, I, you know, stuff like this never ends up well for a contestant. You don't you don't end up winning after pulling moves like this, even if the lead does like you. I think it, like, has to always blow up in your face. But Jamie is making villain moves. I don't know if he's never seen the show and doesn't know that that's not the way to win or if he thinks he can do it and be popular. Uh, he does have one of my key... As I have said before, one of my key um, important ingredients for a good villain, which is that the lead seems to like them. And so it seems like she doesn't have reason yet to suspect that he is stirring up trouble or anything like that. But yeah, he he has stirred the pot right before the rose ceremony. Um, and Michelle speaks with Tasha a little bit, expresses her concerned says denies it and says I didn't have a thing with him and Michelle just says well then go go tell Jamie that um which seems like what she could have done right off the bat if it was just not true at all obviously maybe she was just confused um about thinking through wait who saw me where what was I doing and trying to figure it out in the moment so I guess I could excuse that (laughs) but I don't know her face and reaction didn't make it seem like it was wildly a wildly made up story that someone just fabricated. But then I have some things to say about how she comes back and addresses all the men. Cause uh, I mean, I think that I'm seeing people say, Oh, she handled this all so well. I don't, I don't love how she handled this with all the men. Um, obviously I've never been in her shoes, 
Um, but the background is so based on what she and Joe have talked to on screen is that they messaged sometime in 2020 because the reason that he used for ghosting her related to George Floyd and all that stuff happened in 2020. And that was a year ago. She says to the men, she says, Joe and I exchanged some messages quite a few years ago. To me, that quite a few is like more than three. That's like four or five. That's like quite a few to me means several um, and not one. Um, I think that this is dishonest by Michelle, which, I mean, I guess what choice does she have? She can't say, oh, yeah, I messaged with Joe last summer because um, that wouldn't look that would be bad, um, I think, in the house. And if it was like, oh, several years ago um, when we were in college or whatever, that makes it seem like it has more distance. But uh, that that is just not true. I mean, she's distorted what really happened to advantage herself. And I, so I don't love that. Um, the other thing that, I mean, I have to be careful here, but this just doesn't ring true for me, or this just seems strange to me. And maybe you can push back on this. Maybe if any of our listeners have alternate perspectives, I would be interested to hear. But what she says is that um, she says, as a woman of color, I can't go out with a black man without them thinking we're a couple, but I could have a romantic dinner with a white man and no one would think we're dating. So I have a couple things about this. So she's from Minnesota. Minnesota is a relatively progressive state. This isn't the South. Um, and so I don't, you know, I've, I haven't spent a ton of time in Minnesota, but, um, especially like in Minneapolis, she's in a city. I, I wouldn't think that like there would be a ton of like assumptions that people would have about interracial couples. Um, but like in my mind, if I was, was imagining, like if you were, if you had some like racial prejudice, um, my imagination would be that it would be the opposite that, Oh, if you're hanging out with a black person, like it's more likely, like it could be just your friend. Cause your friends are, are the, the same race as you. But then if you're like hanging out with a white person, then maybe you're dating. I don't know. Like that just seems like a strange card to play for me, for her. And maybe she's experienced that, you know, I don't know what, what experiences she's had um, in regards to dating and maybe dating across races or people, making assumptions about stuff like that for her but that just seemed kind of strange to me and I guess not super relevant especially comparing like just casually being on at a bar or something compared to like a romantic dinner like who would assume that if you're at a romantic dinner with anyone regardless of their race uh that you weren't dating like I just think that it would I don't know I just think that that was strange um and I could be wrong, but to me, that just struck me as an odd thing to say. I think that she was trying to rationalize to herself why someone might think that whoever she was seen with, and in saying this, she's kind of confirming that she was seen with someone, and not necessarily Joe, but someone, um, about why they might just automatically assume that they were together. Um, and I think that in saying this, she must have had a personal experience where this was uh, the assumption and maybe it has happened more than one time to her. Um, so I think she's trying to explain why people might think that. Um, and, you know, because she may have had personal experiences where this might have happened, she takes offense to the fact that that's what people first assume when they see her with another guy um 
But I don't know. I think she may have also said specifically this phrase because she was trying to um, also affirm to the guys that she is open to dating anyone regardless of racial background um, because she went on to emphasize that. And I don't know why particularly she felt like she needed to do that in that moment. But I I trust her judgment. I trust her experiences. Um, It definitely seems like something that would feel disconnected from just explaining to the guys about her the nature of her past relationship with Joe specifically so and I don't think she mentioned in that moment hey here's the extent of my past relationship with Joe and you know it was said that I was spotted with uh, someone did she mention that again I don't think so no so then it makes that comment definitely seem very uh out of place because the guys don't have that context of like oh okay you're saying this stuff about talking to Joe and now you're um talking about how people assume that when you're with a black man uh you're dating them so I think that that's probably why it felt out of place but I I would I would make the assumption that she has probably had that experience and that's why she's sharing it but um yeah it could be yeah so I think overall the guys are responding less to the content of her declaration to them and more just (laughs) responding to how annoyed they are that someone Mm -hmm. told Michelle that everybody is concerned about um, her and Joe and the potential of them knowing each other before the show. Oh, yeah. And I mean, a couple of the guys didn't even seem to know what was going on. So, I mean, of course, the allegation that everyone was talking about it was was not true. Um, and Jamie certainly embellished that. Um, but I mean, it was definitely like, I think that there, he and the, the original group of the four of them that he was involved with talking about it, I think there was, we, we heard some conversation from, from some other guys as well. So it's, you know, it's not just one confined thing. There are definitely a couple other conversations going on about it. But yeah, the guys definitely general and generally the contestants don't love it when that type of thing happens. Um, and you know, surprise, surprise, um, it's just so much to handle and, no cocktail party the the rest of the cocktail party is canceled straight to the rose ceremony um if you're jamie already with the rose um this is probably a good sign for you because there could have been guys who would have been great contenders had they had a chance to have some more time with michelle and maybe they'll go home i mean heck i i think as we'll see my boy pj uh gets done dirty here and you know maybe they would have had more of a connection if he would have had this cocktail party to talk to her more but he is gonna about to go home which big bummer but that could end up strategically uh being good for jamie so um big moves uh when you've got a date rose already anything else before we just jump right into the rose ceremony no i thought that the first few picks for the rose ceremony are pretty revealing Nate is her number one pick or her first pick for a rose and I think that that is pretty predictable he didn't get a rose at any other point throughout the episode so he's got the first rose ceremony rose I think it shows that he's one of her top choices and then Rodney Martin and Rick follow suit and I think that that's a pretty strong top four in addition to the men that have already received roses Um, and then the rest of the guys are 
pretty predictable. Um, when we get to the end, that's when the tension starts building. And we're wondering if Peter is actually going to stay after his dramatic display of disgruntlement toward Will and kind of his um, self-centric position during Are You Smarter Than a Fifth Grader? So it gets down to the final rose. Yeah, getting close to the end, you know, you start doing that math in your head. You're like, wait, who doesn't have roses yet? And there's only this many roses? Like, oh no, uh, someone is going to go home that I don't want to go home. But then, yeah, so then you get Leroy, Spencer, Casey, Chris G, Malik, Olamide, Chris S, Will, Romeo, LT, Clayton, and then of the last ones, I thought surely we're going to get PJ Rose, Peter's going to go home, but then also in the back of my mind, I knew, oh no, that can't happen, Peter's got to stay around for the drama, um, and she's given Peter a second chance, to her credit, um, even though he had a little bit of a blow up, um, I think she's given him a chance to show that he can uh, respond to to adversity and not just blow up and shout at people. Or the producers are giving him another chance to of create course, more of course. entertainment. Producer Rose, oh, any final thoughts for this episode? I thought this was a great episode. My final rose for this episode goes to Michelle, who, even though she canceled the cocktail party, um, which, you know, happens every season, we... Just saw a lot of great moments of her being really natural with the guys. Her response, especially to Jamie's story, was just so well done. The way that she confronted Peter um, and just really brought it back to what their how that could affect their relationship was just really well done. So I think that she is being really vulnerable, really mature, taking this very seriously. And um, in a way, I feel bad for her that Joe is on this season because, you know, even if they only shared a few DMs, that does create such um, distrust among the guys of either him or her or both of them. And I just think that that could be really frustrating because she is really um, dedicated to this process and it just might not give her a fair shake with some of the guys and maybe not even with Joe either who could end up being the best pick for her. So I just have really admired the way she's handled this process and I kind of feel bad that there's this cloud hanging over it with the questions we have about Joe and I just think that that could really trip her up um, and she might not you know deserve that because their contact could really have been super limited um but maybe there's more we don't know I don't know I just would feel really bad if that derailed her love story when I feel like she's doing a great job as the bachelorette yeah I I thought that you know before the end of this episode I thought that she had been doing the best of basically any lead I had seen so far of just handling the little things well dealing with the you know handling the tough stories or the hothead contestants But it seems like this is just the type of thing that will derail and just really get to every every lead is that, oh, everyone's talking about this thing. It it always gets construed as like them questioning their character, which I think is an interesting jump. I mean, I guess the implication is that if, you know, it, it would be a sign of bad character if you came on this show 
if you had already known somebody uh, that was on the show, like, I guess I could see that. And that must be, I guess that's got to be the jump, like the, where their mind is going. Uh, it, it just seems like, you know, don't take it that way. Um, and so, yeah. And that always like causes, causes leads. I think especially, um, bachelor, bachelorettes, I don't feel like bachelors feel that way as much, but it's like, oh, you're, you're questioning my character. Um, I feel like that's what happened with like, um, yeah, I feel like each of the last batch, few bachelorettes have had that like, oh, why are you guys questioning my character moments? And that's just kind of one of the tropes of, of the show, but it's, it's fun. It's entertaining. Um, it's, it's, uh, it's good. And this was great episode. We got to get, uh, we just got to standardize having some kind of spelling and math challenge on every season. Um, it's too funny. It's so good because I mean, you know, most of us wouldn't do a ton better. I mean, I couldn't, heck, I, I can't spell limousine on the first try. And so it's just kind of funny to see these grown men, um, struggling to do things that supposedly fifth graders can do, which I, I mean, I wouldn't doubt it. You're fresh in school. You can, these are the types of thing you're looking at every day. So, um, I mean, I certainly used to be much better at spelling than I am now. Um, but yeah, I think that's probably all we've got for this episode. Um, as always, you can reach out with questions or comments or things that you want, um, you know, opinions about the show, opinions about our show. If you say, you know, I disagreed with what Zeke said about her comments, uh, we'd love to hear that. We would love to have that input from you guys in that interaction. Uh, our email is longhaulpod at gmail.com. You can also reach out to us on Instagram and, you know, give us, if you like the show, give us a positive review. Give us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. If you don't like the show, well, you just don't have to listen anymore and not leave us a bad review because that would hurt us. But yeah, I think that about wraps it up for today. I'm Lexi. And I'm Zeke. And this has been In It for the Long Haul. See you all next week.